following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and the definite return of COVID-19. The highly transmissible Delta variant is spreading across this country and the world. Uncharted territory. That's where British Health Secretary Sajid Javid says the UK is now entering as it moves to lift legal restrictions aimed at controlling the spread of COVID-19. There's been another concerning spike in Sydney's COVID numbers. 44 new cases have been recorded, the most in a single day during this outbreak. Every statistic that we're measuring um, this curve with at the moment has gone in the wrong direction today. Really not great news. See the Delta variant penetrating less vaccinated population. Yeah, certainly the message from the Premier we've been hearing in the last few minutes is things aren't going well for New South Wales with record case numbers. Hospitals in Missouri are once again low on ventilators in an area of the state with a low vaccination rate. Masks are to become optional. Social distancing will end in England in we two weeks' We should just time. presume that this lockdown is not lifting uh, on the schedule of the public health orders. Uh, it'll lift when we get basically back down to zero spread. just again in the last two days started to shoot up again at not too dissimilar a pace, unfortunately, to what we had. This is not complicated. We're not asking anybody to make any political statement one way or another. We're saying try and save your life. Even more disturbing of that 44 cases, 29 of them were out and about while infectious. New South Wales is facing the biggest challenge we have faced since the pandemic started. Here we have a vaccine that's highly, highly effective in preventing disease and certainly in preventing severe disease and hospitalization. The chief health officer saying the number of close contacts uh, has gone from 7,000 yesterday to 14,000 today. David says case numbers could be as high as 100,000 a day by the time the changes come in. But he told the BBC the effectiveness of the vaccination campaign means they can go ahead. And another worrying figure, the number of people in hospital has risen to 43 people now hospitalised with 10 people in intensive care, including someone in their 20s, and there are four people on ventilators. And we are seeing increasing evidence, very compelling evidence of uh, 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 the link between case numbers and hospitalisation and deaths severely weakening. And unless there is a dramatic change, unless there's a dramatic turnaround in the numbers, I can't see how we'd be in a position to ease restrictions by next Friday. What is the problem? Get over it. Get over this political statement. Just get over it and try and save the lives of yourself and your family. And that is why all of us need to work together.
fuck, huh? Here we are, right back again where we started from. Cases are skyrocketing, COVID is spreading all over the world, and Sydney is back in lockdown with no end to the isolation in sight. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the ISOCast Season 2. The isolation strikes back. The lockdown returns. Two towers of lockdown. God, I don't know. My name is Patrick Cullen. I am your host, producer, and hopefully good friend. Well, folks, it's starting to feel a lot like 2020, am I right? The difference is, this time, we do have a vaccine, though. The problem is that only 8% of Australians have it in their arms. And until that number climbs up, say, 50%, it really doesn't look like we're coming out of ISO anytime soon. In the immortal words of Weezer, say it ain't so. It's enough to get a guy down. So I thought I'd talk to someone who is A, great, and B, not afraid to speak their goddamn mind when it comes to, well, damn near everything. Vila Dayad is a director, an actor, a writer, a producer, an avid community gardener, an excellent rock climber, and a key member of the MEA Diversity Committee. She's a lady with plenty of irons in the fire, projects on the go, and causes to fight for. I was interested to chat to her about life, lockdown, and the pursuit of the Australian dream. Here's a chat with her I had a little earlier. Hey V, how the bloody hell are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. How you doing? I'm alright, pal. Uh, what's going on in your life? Where you been? What have you been up to? Um, so, I did a bit of work this morning, which is good. I, get, I work from home, which is nice. And then Love that I... You, pal. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and then I, um, I planted some stuff on the verge, like in this verge garden that we have oh, out front of our house. separate to your community garden. Yes, so the community garden is like up the road at Marrickville West Primary School. This mm. is the, like, you know, the bit between the road and the footpath, like that can sometimes just be concreted or it can be little patches of grass or whatever. Yes. Um, so my neighbour, my downstairs neighbour, she kind of got together with a bunch of other people to, like, ask the local government if that could be, um, like, natives and stuff like that. So most of them have, like, really low-maintenance natives in them. But then some people on the street have, like, taken extra initiative to, like, go out there and plant cute things. So we planted kangaroo paws and some sage from some random guy that came up and was like, <laughs> no, for real. He just came out and he was like, what are you guys planting? And we're just like, just some stuff. And he's like, I have a sage plant that's dying. Do you want to add it? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, fine, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, so we'll That's see how that goes. Actually, in a way, peak lockdown, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, people just coming together kind of randomly, planting little gardens. Some dude, you know, some dude normally comes up to you and says, hey, do you want, want to plant some of my sage? You put your car yeah. keys between your fingers. But, That's you know, right. <laughs> in this You're particular like, situation. Hey, why not? Um, nice, yeah, and man. Then I just went to Bunnings because I'm fixing all the door handles of our rental so they're just kind of busted and i i sort of got the feeling that if we asked the landlord to fix it that they would just send out somebody who would just replace it with crappy cheap ones and i was like well so i offered her like that i would install them if i could go buy nice ones and then she could just <laughs> cover the price of the nice ones <laughs> and they went so, for it yeah they're just like yeah fuck yeah because i think it came to like two or three hundred bucks and that would be almost like doubled if they had to get a handyman kind of person out true 
Yeah, so we've got fancy little door handles. The, I love how, like, I mean, we're in week two of lockdown here. <laughs> and I love how, I mean, it's not, it's to be expected from you, pal, but I love how hard in the paint you've gone really early, just getting right into DIY, getting right into outdoor <laughs> gardening, even if that means you're just meeting some random people and, and getting amongst it, mate. I think it's, it's a really positive attitude from you. I mean, it's kind of... I think the secret is that I'm just sort of doing this shit all the time. Like, this is it's my time to shine. Like, <laughs> this is me normally. And people are like, hey, come see a show. Or like, hey, we're going out dancing. And I'm like, oh, I was just about to install some door handles. Um, <laughs> okay. I Hang guess. on. Let me just sort out these doors and then I'll come right out to your dance party. Um, v, did you see the news today, pal? So I actually didn't because I was working, but I heard a, oh, no, from the other room and um, came out to see Michael reading the news and he gave me like a little rundown. So was it 44 cases, 47 that were in the community and um, what was the last? Oh, yeah, that somebody in their 20s and somebody in their 30s, I just found out, is on a ventilator, which is terrifying. I really, you know, I was saying this to Chowell last week and I'll reiterate it again, but I really do feel like we've beefed it. Uh, yeah, we got, yeah, we, we done fucked it. Yeah, we done totally. fucked it, V. We done fucked it. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. Now take your ass on down to Osag Hennessy's office right now and tell him exactly what you did. Who? Osag Hennessy. Principal O'Shaughnessy? Get out of my goddamn classroom before I break my foot off in your ass! Insubordinate and churlish. Like, I feel like we had such a chance and opportunity to not fuck it, and we've really beefed it. Like, Yeah. Like, a harder, shorter lockdown. I mean, some of the regulations that came out today where it was like, you can't exercise with more than one person from a different household, or like, you shouldn't leave your local government area, it's a bit like... Wait, were people doing that before today? Like, what the fuck? Like, and then it's like, you're like, fair enough. It's kind of bullshit to kind of blame the the people because when you looked back at it, that that those weren't rules, and they should have been yeah. rules. Like, the lockdown should have just been tougher in the first instance. And I do feel a little bit patronized when I hear the premier kind of be like, "Everyone, we really need to take this more seriously," and it's like. Bitch, you're the one that makes the rules. Make the rules more serious. <laughs> you're you're me. Like, like you're the you're the person. Aren't you the one leading this state? Like, make them more serious rules. Then the fuck. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of like you know how we all worked out that you know seven companies or something were responsible for 60 or 70% of all of the the CO2 emissions in the world and oh, yeah. and people and companies and and you know Instagram made us feel responsible because we didn't put all of our toothbrushes in the fucking recycling <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know we're destroying the planet because we didn't take a fucking keep cup and it's like Mate. I don't think that's it. I think I can give you the addresses of the seven people responsible. Like, maybe if we focused our attention. At, yeah, well, it feels like that. And, yeah, look, especially with bringing down the police into the southwest region. And oh, it's like, yeah. Wait, what did you make what? of that? It just felt like, even if this isn't the intention, right, even if this is really well-intentioned and it's more like well, yesterday it just happened to get really serious and that happened to coincide with the same moment that it was in the southwest regions, right? It's still 
optically looks really fucking bad and they should be at least concerned with the optics if not what the optics means mm. if you know what i mean like yeah. even if it's just a coincidence it's like well didn't nobody in that meeting go hmm, this looks pretty bad considering we didn't do this to the north shore we didn't do this to bondi yeah and for our international listeners what what happened yesterday was that the uh the new south wales state government announced they're going to be sending a whole bunch of police to the southwest and the west of sydney which are predominantly brown as opposed to the eastern and northern suburbs when the outbreaks happened there when no police turned up and those places are largely white um and it just feels a little bit racist v is what I mean, it, felt it does to me. and it's like if you have a legitimate claim although i don't think this is the case right because the compliance across the city is pretty much the same like that's that's something that we know but if you legitimately thought that for whatever area this this particular local government area or areas wasn't going to comply and we're talking about like a million people right so there's mm. like, like a huge amount of diversity in this area but Massive. if you figured that oh maybe they're not going to comply for whatever reason well perhaps actually it was worth investigating what those reasons were before sending the cops in so like for example canterbury there's like 25% of the people that live in Canterbury, or only 25% of the people that live in Canterbury speak English as a first language. So perhaps the really confusing way that Gladys is getting up and trying to announce we're locking down, but we're not locking down, down. but not using the word lockdown, but saying stay at home orders. And like I have two degrees and an honours and I can barely make out what the <laughs> fuck is going on. Do you know? <laughs> it's like, it's, maybe you need to work on your actual communications and you're like delivering of these messages and i think the problem is the medical messages are really clear like the rules should be really clear but then when you sort of try to deliver them softly for political reasons they just become really unclear especially to somebody who doesn't speak english as a first language so that could be a place to start before sending in the fucking troops (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man no dude a hundred percent a hundred percent and you know like for a government, especially, I mean, our federal government is run by a bloke from marketing, and you would have thought they'd do a little bit better to get the bloody word out. Um, <laughs> you know, so much of the last sort of three months has been these confused, weird messages from from government and people of power, you know, from AstraZeneca vaccine being like, don't get it if you're under 50. Get it if you're under 50. It's going to cause blood clots. It's not going to mm. cause blood clots. Go and have it. No, don't go and do that. It's like... We can't, it, the messaging around that's been a nightmare. And then then this, you know, when they just decide to solve a problem by throwing police at it, which which as we've seen in so many other places around the world, be always works. Like if you've got a problem. Yeah, that always never leads to any other like, you know, send the cops at violence it. or like 100%. long-term cultural schisms. Yeah. Or, and also like, I mean, issuing fines even, even if it doesn't become a violent thing, but issuing fines, it, it's like... <sighs> Okay, <laughs> but isn't it about educating? Like, I wonder what that's going to actually look like on the street. Like, if somebody's not wearing a mask, do they get offered a mask? Do they get a chance to put it on? Or is it just about, you know, banging them with a $200 fine? And does that actually help medically? Like, if they walk <laughs> away without a mask? Like, they're still doing the same thing, right? Are they going to be more or less inclined to wear a mask after that experience? Will they yeah. put it on until the cops are out of sight and then, you know, taken off uh. immediately afterwards? Ah, I and I mean, like, as someone who's not vaccinated as well, like, in terms of the confusing messaging around um, the, the the vaccines, it's it's not even... It is that it's confusing and whether or not we were able to get or we should get AstraZeneca, but like we've only been able to get it in the under 40s category for the last two weeks, right? It's been about two mm. or three weeks where that's opened up yeah. to the under 40s 
And I don't know, I feel like a one in two million risk is absolutely worth taking when there's a much higher risk of actually catching COVID and we have two people under 40 who are on currently on ventilators. So that risk seems a lot higher than this blood clot risk. Oh, I also, totally. you know, have drank alcohol and taken the birth control pill for a ton of years, if not, you know, <laughs> not to, to make no mention of other things. And it's like, surely this is not the line I'm going to draw about, like, risk-taking behaviour. Yeah, yeah. You could say the same for a whole bunch of people in the eastern suburbs and the northern suburbs who are like, oh, no, I don't know what's in it. I'm not going to put it in my body. Like, tell that to yeah, your cocaine right. dealer, mate. Like, yeah, right. What <laughs> else you put up your nose this weekend? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, tell that to all the nose you've inhaled. Um V, bearing all of that in mind, my friend, my, my first question to you really is, is what, on a scale from one to ten, how's your existential dread, V? Existential dread. Oh, that's right. Um, how's my existential dread? I think it's pretty low. I think it's maybe like a three or a four. Great. Great. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I love that for you. That's sensational. What's what's giving you a three or a four in terms of existential dread? Um, I think I kind of, I think I kind of went pretty hard the last couple of months being out and about and doing some stuff and being involved. Um, actually, I was rehearsing a show as well, and like there was just a lot, and I was starting a new job. So I'm actually calmed by the stay-at-home orders of it all a little bit because. Yeah. There is a little bit of, okay, cool. It's a good time to just like go inwards, literally, like go into your house <laughs> and, you know, really minimize the things that take your focus. Like mm. I kind of get a bit exhausted when I'm juggling lots of stuff. Yeah. And at the moment, kind of everything else has evaporated, but like work and just shit to do around the house and stuff that I want to do. Like those three balls are in the air and they're all pretty manageable and easy. Whereas a couple of the other things that have dropped away that have been like, you know, going out and seeing shows and like rehearsing and hustling for work and having meetings with people. And it's not even that I'm doing a lot of things as well. It's just that like the guilt of not doing all that stuff yeah. can sometimes just get to be a lot where you're like, oh, it's a perfectly nice afternoon. Why am I not having coffee with that person and discussing that other project that we might want to do next year? And there's always something you could be doing. And then this just puts this like wonderful roadblock where it's like, no. You should be doing nothing, none of those things. So for now, week two, I'm feeling pretty pretty okay. Um, check in with me in like two weeks' time. <laughs> I mean, fuck, dude, like, ain't that the truth? Hey, because it's gonna be it's gonna be a long one, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm feeling like I'm sitting here. My birthday is the 24th of October. Is my 30th, and I'm like, I reckon oh. we'll just get out in time for that. <laughs> oh, dude, I hope so. <laughs> Fuck. You know, I, I had that realisation today when we got 44 cases mm. and I saw some graphs from the ABC when I was putting together my little intro for this and I was suddenly like, we are not going to be... Gladys said today that she doesn't want to pull us out until we're back down to zeros, until we've got donuts again. And, and that's just going to take so bloody long. Like, I, yeah. I just feel like we're going to be in this for another month or two. And I, I, I teach for a, a bunch of places in... I was directing a show at uh, Darlow Drama and I got a wonderful message from the guys there about two days ago being like, hey, um, we know things are bad, but, you know, let's keep rehearsing. Let's keep the shows going. Um, We can, you know, we'll just, we'll keep everything on the current timeline and that's what we'll do and we'll just make up makeup classes when we have to and we'll we'll sort it out. 
And I sent them an email being like, guys, I just don't think that we're going to... I think we should seriously think about postponing because this bad boy has just got such a capacity to roll on. And looking at... It's amazing to think, V, that after all of this time, all of these advancements, all of these vaccines coming out... We're right back to flattening the fucking curve. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I think it's taken a little bit of time for that to sink in because you're right, like time has passed, right? So there's like the freak out of what is this? We don't know. Like that's probably the last time I spoke to you was like, we don't even know what this is or like how long it's going to go for. And then we feel like we've kind of, you know, we've gotten a handle on it and we've put these systems in place, blah, blah, blah. But like it's really hard to remind yourself this is as bad as it ever was. Like you should be as freaked out now as you ever have been. Yeah. It's not some linear progression where it's like, oh, we're just in a better place now. It's like, no, no, we are absolutely in the worst place we've ever been as a state. <laughs> I know it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> this is the worst. It is. This is like 44 in a day, the worst we've ever recorded in New South Wales. Oh, yeah, I think it's up there. Definitely. It's definitely in our top 10, probably. Far I think out. I also heard something that was like, we had 7,000 people considered close contacts yesterday. And today it's 14,000. Like, that's just straight up doubled. Mm. So we're, that does not track very well for, like, yeah, how many numbers we're, we're going to come to expect. And, I mean, this is the thing. We should all be vaccinated by now. It should have been a linear progression. We just sort of yeah. got complacent and got lazy. And we really do need to – I mean, this is just getting a little bit political, but I'm pretty interested in seeing what that contract was that Scott Morrison signed with getting – all of this AstraZeneca that we've obviously over-ordered and have not been able to therefore afford. What was this fee? What vaccine. contract? So they're trying to ask, they're asking the federal government to release the deal that they struck with the makers of the vaccine for like the purchasing of it. Mm. And at what rate did we purchase it at? And when did we purchase it? And how many did we purchase? And the government has said that it's a matter of national security for like not revealing it, like as a defense for not revealing it. But um, there's been a lot of chatter to be like, well, what exactly is being hidden there? And some rumors are flying around about, have we just struck a really bad deal? Is this got to do with corruption? Has it got to do with, um, I mean, you have to probably look into this and like, don't quote me on this, but there was a, a article that I was reading that suggested that Scott has bought them from somebody who he personally knows who used to be a, a minister and who now works in this other position in, like, health. And it's like we've just bought them at a really high rate compared to what they should have been bought at, which is why we haven't been able to get Moderna's and Pfizer's. So I'd wow. like to be interested. I think that should be – we should be dealing with this the same way we dealt with, like, Donald Trump's tax returns. It's like, I want to see the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what happened here. I don't know what's happened, but I'd like to know. I actually. would like to know. And look, maybe nothing yeah. happened. Maybe that's complete. Maybe nothing maybe happened. Maybe nothing but- happened. But if nothing happened, as we're so often told, if we had a, if nothing to hide, nothing to fear, you know, that's that's where I'm coming at this from. So often that gets pulled out about young people and um, people from diverse backgrounds. You know, nothing to hide, nothing to fear. Well, federal right. government, nothing to nothing hide, to hide nothing, nothing to fear, fear right? baby. Like, well, you know. I'd like to know how this happened, why we're in this position. <laughs> I it's also would like to know, V. Me, Pat, I am interested in knowing. I, I really don't, because like, the Moderna vaccine hasn't even been approved for use in Australia. And it's yeah, like, that's right. What? why? 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 Yeah, because a bunch of European countries are all over the Moderna, hey? Yeah, and and the Americans too. Like, it's, it's yeah. the second most popular vaccine there. And why, why we not have it? Why, why yeah, are we not just, here? 
get 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 more vaccines into people instantly, please. Like, like I don't, I'm not even sure I care which of them they are. Like yeah. as long as they're the good ones that are, you know, have been approved medically, then like yeah, start jabbing people. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. Um, uh, you know, V, it it does it does really make you make you wonder, doesn't it? It really does fucking make you wonder. Um, pal, what have you been doing to keep yourself? Occupied. Do you have any recommendations for the humans out there in the world of things you've been reading, things you've been doing to keep yourself sane in, in this lockdown experience? Oh, what have I been doing? Um, I have been watching a lot of TV, I guess, but like nothing that's super new. I've got a big list of stuff that I really need to watch. I need oh. to watch I May Destroy You because somehow I missed the boat on that when oh, yeah. that happened. That show's amazing. I am doing a lot of catch up, so I'm watching. I just finished Killing Eve, which I previously oh. haven't seen. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> How amazing is Jodie Comer in that show? She's wonderful. Like all the accents, and she's untrained. She's right, untrained. Well. Yeah, she's never been to drama school. That is wild. Yeah, it's cool. it's an incredible advertisement for 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 that. I mean, she's one in a million, Jodie Comer. Uh, and Sandra O oh is is beautiful in that show and um, a fantastic performance from her too. Yeah, it's it's real fun. I like it. It's got like a fun, I don't know, quirky kind of tone to it, considering what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about, considering like, all murder. the brutal murder that's in it, it's <laughs> yeah. really kind of quirky and fun. Uh, Bouncy know. and like, yeah, it's really fun. So I'm watching a lot of TV. I'm I'm sort of getting through my reading list. Um, I've been on this book. For like six months, literally, I've been reading my brilliant friend for six months, and that just <laughs> speaks to like me just reading like two pages every like three and a half weeks or something. It's a really <laughs> compelling advertisement for that book. There, it sounds, I mean, sounds very I'm joyful. Not sure about it? I'm looking at it now. I'm about seventy percent of the way through. I've just had so many people tell me such great things, and I'm chugging through, being like. Where is it? Like, when will it get here? When is the goodness gonna? What's it about? The it's about these two. Well, it's, it's really from the perspective of one young Italian girl, but it's about her and her friend essentially. Mm. But it's you kind of start in the present day and you jump back to when they were young and they grow up. And everyone tells me the the older they get, the more interesting it all gets. So I feel like that means it's going to be really like end heavy on all the like drama and stuff. Um, but that's pretty much it. I don't know if I can give anything else. I can say anything else without giving it away. But I've been I, reading that. I've been reading Michael's novel, which also embarrassingly has taken me so long to read. Oh, that's um, that is that is embarrassing. Michael, I know it's really naughty. Your, your partner is. Uh, or, this is his first book, right? So you would hope yeah. that you'd crack through it, V. I'm getting there. <laughs> I, are you giving him notes, or are you just reading it for the joy of reading it? Only if there is an obvious typo of which I found like one or two at this point, and I'm like a hundred pages in. So, um, no, it's pretty good. It doesn't really. I definitely could not give notes. Yeah, I was about to, what am I going to say? I was about to ask me because you are an editor. You edit for a website um, that we both work for, and you're wonderful at that. Um, and you've always had a really great eye for detail. Um, and you and Mike don't pull many punches. You're both very driven, <laughs> fucking cut to the chase kind of humans. And I just wondered what that conversation looks like, if, if there is one. Um, well, I think I know exactly the kind of feedback Michael likes to get on his work, which is pretty much he just wants to know if anything is confusing or mm. if anything is unclear. Like right. he's not as interested in like, oh, I don't know if I think this character should have done this or 
because then there's and I totally get why that feedback's not helpful because uh, me saying like hmm that character probably should have done this and gone off on this adventure it's like well that's a different novel that you can write <laughs> if you want <laughs> that's not this novel <laughs> if you like that storyline so much go and write it <laughs> yeah well it's like that's not what you're reading um, but do you have any questions about the actual the story that, that you're I've reading? Read. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. So, yeah, I would just sort of I go, love that. like, you know, a couple of pages in, I'll be like, oh, I've forgotten that guy's, that character's name, or like, who is that character again? And just kind of point out, because I think that's very valuable when you've written something, you're just so into it. Yeah, completely. That you forget the really just sort of, like, um, yeah, what it's like to look at it from an the outside first time. eye. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Dude. That's it. And, and V, what about, are you playing any games? Is there, is there any gaming that's been rocking your box? Yes. So I just started Stardew Valley. Oh, um, cute. <laughs> which is super cute and I love it <laughs> uh, because Miss Sasha Dyer messaged me about it and I was like, that sounds right up my alley. So I am by day gardening in my community garden and then by night I'm growing a farm online. So I'm just <laughs> planting shit everywhere. <laughs> it's great. V, have you always been a gardening person or did this just come into your life at like 29? Um, no, I think I've always, uh, when I used to live in the place where I'd like moved out of home to, oh, not the first place or actually even the first few, but where I was living at a home in Perth um, with Julia, I tried to grow stuff in like the very small space that we've got there. And my dad's always been really big on gardening, so I've sort of grown up. We had this like massive, massive olive tree on our in our backyard in my first house, and we would like do a huge harvest of olives every year. You know those seashell sand pits um, things? Yes. That, that, yes, to the really specific Australian yes. <laughs> two seashells that open up and they're a sand pit. Uh-huh. Um, we would fill like six of those with olives oh every year from this massive tree. So, yeah, I, I kind of haven't really found space for it in Sydney to this point, but I used to do it in Perth because there's just more space. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and a bit so of gardening, a bit as, of reading. As soon as of, you found a community garden, V, you were like, this is my jam, this is what's, this is my whole yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's so good. And ours is a particularly good community garden. Some of them I drive past them and look a bit sad, but we've got like a really good core member base that actually takes care of it. Because it does take a lot of work, and it, it, to be honest, it takes a lot of work from mostly retirees. Because it's really like you need hours, you need a lot you need of time hours. in the garden, and most people just don't have, you know, three or four hours twice or even three times a week to invest. And so, yeah, it's really retirees that are holding it together. It's the, you know, I, there's a wonderful thing about lockdown is it does force you to slow. It does force you to go, I just need to take some more time in my existence. And and being able to spend that time out in the garden where you can be is is such a joy. Like I can mm. see why that'd be so great. I um I got my the tables that I worked on in last lockdown, the two oh, yes. um indoor uh, little coffee tables, I have now resanded and revarnished, baby. So nice. it's taken me a whole year to get back to put a second coat on, <laughs> but I'm just hopeful that I can get, you know, a couple of coats on them now uh, and won't have to wait for another lockdown in the future to finish my DIY. <laughs> Twelve months from now. <laughs> well that's it, isn't it? You're like, this is such a small job. Why is it that I don't normally have time for this like two or three hours that the, that this needs like you'd think at some point in the last year you would have had that time but we're just so busy and especially us in the arts especially freelancers 
we're just packing as much in as possible all the time. So yeah. you don't even really have your weekends most of the time. No. So I hear people have weekends, these things called weekends, yeah. where they um, have two days where they don't work. My girlfriend Polly's usually very excited about them and, and, and I'm quite mystified by the topic. It seems like being a creative sort of a seven-day-a-week thing. If you're not actually doing something, you're either feeling guilty for not doing something or hustling That's to it. do something, which seems to yeah. be your only options. This is it. It's like you're either, yeah, doing something, about to do something, or feeling bad that you're not hustling to be doing more things. So, But um, I actually broke my coffee table the other day, so I might need your help with oh. when I fix it, I'm going to have to sand it back and varnish it. So oh, mate, I can give you a huge full DIY <laughs> walkthrough, V. Um, mate, uh, quickly, just before I, I let you go and get on with your day, um, you said you're in a play. Is your play coming back? Will people be able to see you if society ever recovers from this shenanigans? Yeah, well, hopefully. Look, it's now slated for somewhere in the middle of November, slated to open for the middle of November, which I think is a really good move that we've just sort of, similar to like what was happening with you, there was this lingering feeling of like, can we just try and make it work or can we just be rehearsal, like rehearsing and then ready for when it needs to open? And then inevitably it just seemed like the better idea was just to postpone it. So, yeah, mid-November it should be back. It's called Son of Biblos and it's going to be downstairs at Belvoir at twenty in the 25A programming season. Awesome. V. Yeah. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, go and check that out. I'll put a link to Belvoir in the show notes so you can go and grab yourself some ticks for November when it returns. Um, v, thanks so much for your time, dude. Really, really lovely to speak to you. No worries. I'll... Um I won't see you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Well, you might see me tomorrow. I might drop around so I can pick up those lights so we can socially distance, like, hand them over and maybe have, like, a, a elbow hug of some kind. Cute. It'll be, like, the last human contact. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, V. See you soon. I look forward to it. See ya. Bye. Big thanks to Violet Ayad for joining us on the show. What an absolute legend. Make sure you check her out if you're in Sydney. You can check her out on stage in Son of Biblos. That's on stage at Belvoir Street Theatre in November. Check the website for details, or you can see them in our show notes at gingersnapsydney.com forward slash ISO dash cast. We'll be back next week with another episode and every week, so long as this lockdown continues, providing you with a bit of hope, a bit of joy, some great conversation, and maybe some good recommendations of things to do if you're in lockdown too. Let's do some credits. Uh, our intro music today was Weezer with Say It Ain't So from 1992 Geffen Records. We had news clips from Channel 7, ABC, BBC and MSNBC. We had a little clip there from Key and Peele's comedy show, which was on Comedy Central back in 2012. Make sure you check out that full clip. It's very good. Just search Key and Peele Substitute Teacher. That's my last little recommendation for you. This groovy tune is local forecast from Kevin McLeod, Groovy 2016. Kevin does a range of royalty-free jams. You should check it out. Plus, all of our licensed music is through APRA Amcos License 1099. Thanks so much for listening to the ISOCast. Great to have you with us, and we will see you again next week. Make sure you wash those hands, don't touch your face, wear a mask, and get vaccinated. All right, ladies and gents, look after each other. Bye.